Today, what I want to do is I want to talk about another great attribute of God that I think a lot of us, uh, we know about, we've certainly heard about it, uh, but there's probably aspects of it that we probably don't fully understand, and we probably should. The thing I want to talk to you about today, though, is, is as with everything with God, and I want to get this out now, as with everything with God, there's always going to be things that we will not understand, okay? We just don't understand. We're not capable of understanding the fullness of everything to do with God. But if we read His Word, if we listen to His Word, you know, God does tell us as much as we need to know, I think, about the things of God that, that, that we need to know about. Today, I want to talk about the grace of God. And I say it straight off that we can talk about the grace of God, <clears throat> but I know that not one of us will ever fully understand the grace of God here on earth. But we can better understand it. Amen? That's what I want to try to do today. I want to help us today to better understand the grace of God. You see, for a lot of people, they think grace is something that they pray before they eat. Okay? You should pray before you eat, especially if you've seen the cook. Depending on the restaurant you go, you should pray harder. Amen? We should pray before we eat, but that's not grace. We Other people know people call grace. as It's a girl's name, grace. It's a lovely name. But that in itself, too, is not grace. Grace is not something we do before we eat. And grace is not particularly, it is, but it's not particularly or limited to being a girl's name. Grace or God's grace is something much, much more than that. And what we're going to do today, for a few minutes, is we're going to try and better understand it because it's so important because if we don't understand grace or if our understanding of grace is distorted in some way if it's not what God wants us to know about grace then we'll never be able to walk in the fullness of what God wants us to walk in in the grace of God amen, amen. grace is enabling it's empowering amen but Two, then if you don't understand grace, then you, don't, you won't have that enabling power in your life. God's grace, I believe, is the greatest force known to mankind. It, it truly is. And I think we all need to understand grace better because grace is so powerful. It is so powerful. Grace is so powerful. Grace is not complex, but people have made it complex. Amen? It's like everything else, isn't it? It's like God says one thing, and the thing that God says sometimes sounds so simple that, that learned people have to come in and say, let's make this a little bit more difficult. Let's make this a little bit more complicated. I was thinking during the week when I was thinking about this, and I was thinking it's kind of like a bottle of water. Like this here. Where is it there? There we go. You see that there? What is that? That's a simple bottle of H2O, water. But how many of you have ever gone into a shop looking for a simple bottle of water, and all you can find is peach-flavored water, or sparkling water, or water with vitamin D and fiber, or lemon-flavored water, strawberry-flavored water. I mean, they've, 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 com they've made water complex. And I think it's the same with grace. Grace is simply grace. Amen? We don't have to add anything to it, nor we don't have to distract anything from it. Grace, 
To put it simply, is where God provides where it is impossible for mankind to provide for themselves. Did you get that? Grace is where God provides where it is impossible for mankind to provide for himself. Grace is not an excuse to live a sloppy life either. Because this is one of the complaints that a lot of churches have. They say, oh, don't, don't, no. don't talk about grace. Because if you talk about grace, then people in church will think, oh, it's okay for me to go out and sin because the grace of God covers me. Grace is great. Grace is powerful, but grace is not something that empowers us to live a sloppy life. Amen? It's not something that we could use to, to justify our sin. And, you know, I can sin because... I'm under grace. Praise God. God will overlook it. Yes, you know what? We have been set free from the law. We have been set free from the law. And yes, God has given us grace, but being set free from the law and being under grace does not give anybody an excuse to live a sloppy, sinful, messy lives. Amen? You know, we haven't been set free from the moral law either. We haven't been set free from the moral law. You know, there is a moral law. You know the moral law? The moral law kind of is summed up in the Ten Commandments, isn't it? It's the Ten Commandments God, God gave us. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. And, and, you know, some people say, well, I'm under grace, so I'm not underneath the, the moral law. Well, you know, try and explain that to your wife if you commit adultery. You go and say to her, you know what? Uh, you can't give out to me for committing adultery because I'm, I'm not underneath the law anymore. See how far that'll get you. See how far it'll get you if you rob a bank and you stand in front of the judge and say, hey, judge, no, you, you can't judge me, judge, because you know what? I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. You're going to jail, amen? Well, judge, you can't judge me for murdering that guy. He took my parking space. I was waiting for a long time for it. I'm under grace, judge. Again, you're going to jail, Amen? We are, we are under grace. Yes, we are New Testament believers under grace. We are no longer under the law, but we still are under the moral law. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're still under the moral law. We, grace is not an excuse, and it didn't nullify God's commandments. Amen? It just means that if we break God's commandments, we have forgiveness. Amen? We have forgiveness. If we break, if we sin, we have forgiveness forgiveness. Amen? God, God's grace doesn't give us an excuse not to have a high moral standard. In actual fact, when you're under grace, you should have a higher moral standard. Amen? But there's so many churches out there that say, don't talk, don't, talk, don't talk about grace because people will throw off all restraints. God actually requires more of those people who are under grace than those people who would say that they're still under the law. Amen? Amen. The law is, is, was about following a bunch of rules for you to be righteous before God. But grace is all about God giving us the ability in our lives to choose not to sin. Amen? Amen? So what is the grace of God? Simply put, the grace of God is God's favor and kindness towards us. That's what it is. Grace is the unmerited, undeserved, unearned, you get getting all that. Unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. First one there, unmerited. Let's have a look at it for a minute. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. 
It says, for it is by grace you have been saved. True faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that anyone could boast. Did you get that last bit there? So that anyone can boast. I'll tell you this morning, there will be no boasting in heaven. No one in heaven will ever say, I am here because I overcome, because I overcame, because I sacrificed and I prevailed over sin. No one, no one will be in heaven because they overcame. You get that? We try to do our best, absolutely, and we should, but our best will not get us into heaven, amen? Nobody, there will be no boasting in heaven saying, I'm here because I was good. I'm here because I sacrificed. I didn't do those things that other people did. I'm here because, you know what, I, 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 I gave up stuff. I, I, I didn't run with the crowd. I'm here because of stuff that I did. I'm here because I am good. There will be no boasting in heaven. Amen? I had a friend one time who told me that, that, that when I talked to him about grace, that he, he told me that, that, you know, he believed that if he sinned right now, even though he was a believer, that even if he sinned right now, one sin, bad thought or said or said something he shouldn't have done, he said that if I should get run over by a bus straight after sinning without repenting, he said, I will go to hell. That's what he believed. He said if he just made one mistake and didn't repent of it, he said he will go to hell. I said to him, listen, you don't understand grace. That's not the grace of God. Not that we should sin, not that, we, that, that it gives us a license to sin, but that we know that if we have made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, that, that we are now under grace and that if we sin, that even if we get run over by a bus before we get a chance to repent it, we are still, because of God's grace, we are still going to heaven. Amen? Because it's not by my good works that I'm saved. It's not because I repented of all my sins that I'm saved. Glory to God, I can't remember them all. That was something that really worried me when I got saved in the first place because, you know, people were saying you got to repent of all your sins and I'm thinking, all of them? I can't remember half of them. I can't remember a fraction of them. We're not saved because we repent of all our sins. We're saved because we confessed in Jesus Christ and because of the grace of God and that, that enables us empowers us. Amen? Amen? Not because of your good works. Not because of, of anything that you do. There will be no boasting in heaven. I tried to explain that to him. He wasn't having it. He said, if that was the truth, if that was true, he said, I've been in nightclubs every night of the week. He said, that's the only thing. My belief that if I am not living a repentant life, repenting of all my sins as soon as I've sinned, he says, he says, that's what enables me, he says, to be able to go to heaven. That's not true, amen? Amen? amen. It says, for by grace, by the grace of God, you have been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. And this salvation is not from yourselves. It is a free gift of God. Not by any man's works so that anyone could boast. There will be no boast in heaven. Amen? No one will be in heaven because they were so great, because they were so good. Amen? 
Grace, God's grace, is unmerited. We don't deserve it. On our best day, we don't deserve it. Amen? On your very best day, you don't deserve it. We never could. See, we live in a world, we live in a system where we do good, we get good, don't we? We all know that, don't we? You know, if we do something good, we get rewarded, yeah? That's the kind of system we we live in, isn't it? That's the kind of system that we understand. Do good, you get good. I remember when I worked in a supermarket a number of years ago, and um, I never missed a day. Never missed a day. I, I, I mean, I think I was there 26 years. I think I may have missed maybe in 26 years, maybe 14 days. Broke my collarbone uh, in that. And that's probably the most length of time I, I missed in work when I broke my collarbone. That was early days. But, but it came to a time where, where the absenteeism in the supermarket was so bad that they decided to introduce an incentive to try and get people not to miss sick days during the year. And the incentive was that at the end of the year, they were going to give you a voucher. Uh, so I'd already missed, I'd already not missed, should I say, four years of not missing a day at this stage. And uh, so the rewards came around that year, and it was my fourth year without missing a day. So they gave me a clock, and they gave me a 50-year voucher for something. I don't know what it was. So I was, praise God, I was delighted. So the next year, five years rolled by, and I hadn't missed a day again in five years. So they came along again. They gave me a wallet and another voucher. It was great. And, and this all continued all through the year. They, they rewarded me every year for me not missing a day in work. So they came to the nine years, and they, at the nine years, they, I don't know what they gave me. They gave me some sort of a, a thing with a pen in it. I don't know what it was. I wasn't really interested, more interested in the voucher. So <laughs> they gave me this thing, and still have it someplace, uh, uh, for nine years, and another voucher. And, and once they presented me with this, they said to me, that, and this, this wasn't, uh, basically, maybe some of the years one other person wouldn't have missed a day, or maybe, maybe some years a person wouldn't have missed a day for two years, but my nine years without missing a day was just unheard of. So uh, I came to the nine year, got, got the prize, uh, reward, should I say, uh, and the person giving me the reward said that if you go for 10 years without missing a day, uh, they're going to give you a holiday voucher for, I think it was something like 500 euros and um, some other thing. I don't know what it was, maybe a weekend away or something on top of that as well. So I was like, hey, this is great because it was already, you know, uh, maybe two or three months into the 10th year at this stage. And, and I was like, this is fantastic. I'm not going to miss a day this year. This is just, like, I mean, you know, you don't miss a day. In, in my belief anyway, you don't miss a day willy-nilly here and there because, you just decided you woke up with a headache or whatever. So I was halfway through this year, and it was great. And I said to Angelina, what, brilliant this year. You know, if I don't miss a day this year, we're going to get a holiday voucher, 500 euros a weekend away or something like that. So I went all that year, never missed a day. Fantastic. So it came to February time, uh, the time that they gave out the rewards every year for not missing a day. So it came to February, and I was like, you know, and Angelina and I, we got the brochures. We had already planned on where we were going. It was like, this was done deal. I mean, to tell you, like, we're, you know, we're able to spend a few extra euros this year where we're going. It was, like, brilliant. And February came and went. And I was like, okay, that's all right. Maybe they're just kicking it down the road to March this year, you know. So, and March came and went. And so around um, April, May time, I approached the manager, and I said to the manager, I said, I said, uh, the uh, Perfect Attendance Awards this year, um, 
what's happening? My, my holiday voucher and stuff like that. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, I forgot to tell you, they cancelled them this year. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. I was like, we've already picked out where we're going. This is, this is now, this is going to cost me. So they cancelled them. And uh, I'm not over it yet, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'd still pray for him for forgiveness. And <laughs> My perfect attendance was the cause of this major national and international supermarket to cancel their uh, awards system because I was the only one in the country getting it. And uh, I think I missed three or four days the next year out of protest. Uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I was getting my money some way, praise God. You, you know what the problem was, though? I expected this reward on merit. In my mind, I'd earned it. I'd given 10 years. I hadn't missed a day. That was hard. I remember one weekend, uh, Rebecca was really small. She got gastroenteritis. And uh, it happened to be the weekend, my weekend, long weekend off. Every, once every six weeks, she got a weekend, long weekend off. She got a Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, Rebecca got gastro on Thursday. Uh, I got it on uh, Friday evening after work, and I was sick in bed for Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and I was back in work on, on Tuesday. So I, I, I never missed a day, and I thought because of that, I should have been rewarded. Um, what I didn't realize was that, that my employers, out of their grace towards their employees, gave a reward and it was their reward to withdraw at any time they want. And I thank God that our God is not like my former employers. That our God will not withdraw His grace from those people who are undeserved. You see, grace is unmerited. We cannot earn it. We, nothing that you can do in your life will ever be good enough to earn salvation. Romans chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. Church, salvation is by the grace of God. Not because of anything that we have done to earn it. It is a free gift from God. And thank God, that our God is a God of integrity. He will never withdraw His grace from us. Amen? God will never remove His grace from His children. Nor does He pick and choose those whom He gives His grace to. That leads me into my second point. Grace is undeserved. It's unmerited. It's undeserved. We didn't deserve it then, and we don't deserve it now. Romans chapter 3 and verse 24 says, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Being justified freely by His grace. You know, there's a bunch of Christians out there who don't believe that God's grace is for everyone. They believe in a, what they call a limited grace. Now, listen, I've checked. I've checked through this Bible to see if that word there, limited grace, is there. It's not there. 
But this is something that they have added to grace. Amen? These people believe in a limited grace that, that God only gives to those who are called the elect. They say that the elect are chosen especially by God to be saved. And everybody else, no matter whether they confess Jesus to be their Lord and Savior or not, if they are not God's chosen elect, they won't be saved. They believe that God's grace is limited only to those whom God chooses to extend His grace to. And God doesn't choose to extend His grace to everyone. This is what they believe. This is crazy. Sorry. This kind of stuff that people add to grace is absolutely crazy. They believe in unconditional election. That God, before the foundation of the world, that He picked and chose those who He would save. And everybody else He chose for damnation. They believe, somehow, that they are chosen and favored by God. Kind of like God's favorites. God's special ones, you know. Now, I know some parents have favorite kids. But I know most people don't. They favor all of their kids the same. And I know really good parents, even though they may have an, an inkling towards one of their child. They love them all equally. Amen? And they never would pick one child over another. But unfortunately, some people believe that God, before the foundations of the world, chose some people that He would save and other people that He wouldn't. Unfortunately, I do know some people that believe that kind of stuff very well, unfortunately. But in my thinking of all of this is then why would... Jesus, as he was being taken up into heaven, why would the last instruction he give to people, his followers, to you and me, be Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, where he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To every creature. He who believes and baptized will be baptized is, will be saved. Go into all the world, he says. Preach the gospel to Every creature. Living Bible says to everyone. Everywhere. Now here's the thing. Why would Jesus tell his followers to go into the whole world to everyone, everywhere, and tell them about the good news about him if God had already chosen those whom he was going to save? I mean, what's the point? If they're going to be saved already, what is the point? Amen? The thing is, God's grace is extended to everyone, everywhere. And when someone tries to tell you that, you know, God has this chosen elect, you need to just tell them that when God talks about the elect in the Bible, he's talking about those whom he will choose to hire ministry. Amen? He's not talking about the uh, everyone. God's grace is for everyone. Everyone, everywhere. Amen? God's grace is for everyone, everywhere, and is not just for a chosen special few. Amen? It is an unmerited grace. It is not earned, nor it's not deserved. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 says, 
For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Everyone. Amen? Grace is offered to all people. Everyone. I'm so thankful that we're under the grace of God. I'm so thankful that, that we are under God's grace. Not that it gives us the license to sin, but that it's an empowering grace. I don't ever believe that I will ever fully, totally understand the width and the depths of grace. But I do understand that we, as believers in Jesus, are underneath God's grace. That it's undeserved. That it's unmerited. That it's unearned. There's nothing that we can do to deserve it. It's not a reward we get for being good or it's not a payment that we get for being followers of Jesus. Amen? Amen. For me, the perfect picture of God's, or one of the perfect pictures, I should say, of God's grace in the Word of God is found in the Good Samaritan. Let me really very quickly paint this picture for you this morning. Luke chapter 10 and verse 30. It said, Jesus said, a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Just in case you're not aware, that's us. Amen? The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He has come, and, and, and he's been doing that ever since we entered the world. He's been destroying. He's been trying to kill us. He's been trying to take us out. That's, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's been stealing from us. That's us. We're the ones at the side of the road, left beaten, Left, left for half dead, unable to help ourselves. That was our condition before Jesus came along. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You see, religion tries to paint itself as the Savior. We know the story. Down comes the, the Levite. Down comes the priest. Bodom has a quick look and says, oh, no, no, I can't go near them. Can't, unclean. I don't, want to be, I don't want to touch them. You know? See, that's religion. Religion is always trying to paint itself as the Savior. But when the rubber hits the road with religion, it walks on by. It has no answers, amen? When I was in religion, you know, I was told, you be the best Catholic that you can be, and maybe you'll go to heaven. All throughout my time in, in religion, I tried to be the best I could be, but nobody could ever tell me that being the best I could be, that I would be saved when I closed my eyes for the last time. That assurance wasn't there. They say, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe when you get to the time, maybe you, you will have ticked all the boxes and maybe St. Peter will welcome you into heaven. But maybe it won't. But you know what, if, if, if you don't, if people liked you, then they can pray in. People can pray into heaven. If you're a good enough person, I wasn't willing to take those risks, amen? I hope people like me. But I wasn't wanting to risk my eternity on whether people like me or not. Amen? I didn't want to be like that guest that comes and stays about six hours in your house and you go, thank God they're gone when they leave. I didn't want that to be me. Amen? Along came the priest. They walked on on the other side, ignored the man's need. And, and then this Samaritan in verse 33, as he traveled, when he, uh, when he came to where the man was and he saw him, he took pity on him and 
he went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to the inn to take care of him. The next day, he took out two denarius to give him to the innkeeper and said, look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that there may have been. Jesus is our good Samaritan. Amen? Somebody who went out of his way to rescue, redeem us, save us, and restore us when we didn't deserve it. I mean, the Levite and the priest, religion walked on by, doesn't have any answers. But when Jesus comes along, he has the answers. And the answers is grace. He showed us grace. Not that we deserved it. Not because we're special, but because of his unmerited favor towards his creation. We have received this grace from God. God's grace to us is the most powerful thing that we'll ever have in our lives. It gives us the ability to go through this life knowing that, you know what? When our time comes, we will spend eternity with him. Amen? Not something that we've earned. It's a free gift from God to all mankind.